0: Welcome back to Say Your Story. I'm Dean Stevens. Appreciate you checking in. Thanks to Bullets Benign for uh, being part um, of this operation, of this journey, of this adventure, of uh, Say Your Story podcast. Started it, I don't know, probably 13, 14 months ago. Um, been an honor to be able to interview and share the stories of some of our nonprofits that work out of our um our incubator space here in downtown Charleston. We call it Ripple. We've got about 33 of the nonprofits. Um, also, you know, through, you know, the last year or so, I also enjoyed, you know, bringing community members on and um, uh, sharing their stories a little bit. And uh, today's story is, um, man, it is the cherry. It is the cherry on top of the Sunday, for sure. Because when I showed up, to town in 1990 big sports fan covering sports um i met a guy by the name of coach john Cress, and he was the head basketball coach at the college of charleston and um i'd never really met anybody like him and um and that was a great thing i've never enjoyed watching a basketball coach coach and teach and work a sideline like Coach Crest did. I never had ever been around anybody um, who was so magnanimous and was just a magnet. I mean, people were drawn to him like nothing I'd ever seen. And um, I was fortunate enough to cover him for you know 12 years before I switched over to news. And um, I called him the other day, and he's 79 years old, will turn 80 in April. And with the College of Charleston on the brink of going to the NCAA tournament, I thought, you know, I'm going to call Coach Crest, see if he wants to do this podcast. And uh, his answer was, absolutely, Dean. I'd love to, Dean. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome John Crest to Say Your Story. Let me first just say uh, thank you so much for doing this. I mean, it, it literally gives me chills. It takes me back to our younger years, our younger days, when both of our NBA teams, the Rockets and the Knicks, were actually pretty good basketball teams
1: without a doubt dean uh, uh i cherish our our time both uh with the camera with the sports show we had a coaching show that you did with me dean and you always came in early sunday morning to uh to prepare and, and get us ready and then we also had a, a great relationship uh, off the court uh just admired you and your family so much over the years dean and uh Really excited about doing the podcast this morning.
0: Thank you so much. All right, so first question. Um, I mean, we'll just jump right in to this year's Cougars team. You know, back in, back in the old days and, and on George Street, and that arena used to get packed, right, to the rafters, and it was so tight, and it was just such an electric environment, and you walk into the TD arena, or they like to call it the Six. Did you ever think you'd see it like that again here?
1: Well, it was fabulous back in the day. Uh, Sports Illustrated rated the uh, Johnson Center where we played uh, one of the five toughest places to play in the country, which included Cameron and uh, uh, Kansas and uh, all those, Allen Fieldhouse and all those uh, great, great places. And now the TD Arena, uh, 5,100 seats, and everyone was packed for the last half of the season. The crowd really got behind the Cougars. They were the sixth man to help us win all those games. And uh, it was just a, an honor to be a part of I wish I could have coached at the TV arena. I call it our Madison Square Garden.
0: I love that. I love that. When you look at this year's squad, um, are there similarities that you can draw from to you know some of your powerhouse teams back in the 90s?
1: You know, uh, It was a different era back there because the three point shot was not as prominent. So we had a philosophy of going inside and then outside. We had great inside players like Thad Delaney and Cedric Weber and Jody Lumpkin, uh, who really could score on basket. And if they got double teamed or there was crowded in there, they would kick it out for the three. Now the three point shot is the shot off the fast break in transition It shot a lot against zones, and so it's a a different era. But uh, we had a great point guard in 1997, Anthony Johnson, who went into the NBA, had 13 very successful seasons there. And now we've got a point guard this year who transferred from Wofford after being there for four years, Ryan Lawson, And he really has been uh, a dynamo down the stretch with not only his floor leadership, but his ability to hit the shots. Uh, against UNC Wilmington in a championship game in the CAA, he had twenty three points and four steals. Couldn't have done it without Ryan. I could not have done it without Anthony Johnson.
0: I look back, coach, on and watching you and, and I love to watch you work the sidelines, you know, and and, and and Coach Kelsey's the same way. But I think I think defensively, you know, I watch his guys play, and it's as if i mean he's, he rolls ten guys out there, and it's almost like they've got a deal. It's like if you give me four hard minutes and you bust your butt and you play as hard as you can on the defensive end, you're gonna go back in right and i and I see that kind of defensive presence in them, and I know that you love good defense creates yeah, easy he, offense
1: without a doubt you know uh uh talk about um uh, uh you know, 10 players which uh, rotate in Pat Kelsey's uh, offense and defense. Uh, and they ne- they come out of the game after three four minutes, like you said, Dean. There's never a frown on their face. Every play is like the last play of the game. They never take a playoff. Uh, and uh, then on the defensive end, uh, they put pressure on the ball. But the other four players build a fort. So whenever anyone tries to penetrate or drive, there is help defense. They're stepping in for charges. They're blocking shots, so they're so good defensively. And then in transition, they are uh, fast, but they're under control. But they go 100%. They go full speed all the way. Loose balls, they're first to the floor, and that person usually gets the the uh, the, the ball uh, and uh, rebounding. Oh my goodness! did they hit the offensive glass? <laughs> they get not one or two or three, sometimes four shots around the basket because they're on that glass with a, a tremendous emphasis and, and tenacity. And this Pat Kelsey, you know, at Winthrop, he um, got to three NCAA tournaments, three in the last five years, and now his second year here on the at the helm, he gets back in the in the in the big dance. And it's a team that's built for March Madness. I think boom Thursday, we knock off San Diego State a five seed. We move on and think we can win a couple of games in that tournament. So we're not just there to show up and to, to come home. We got the uniforms packed for a couple of games.
0: You talked about Coach Kelsey and, and moving his Wofford team in the NCAA tournament. You were there. Uh, a few times as well in the nit and and it was an amazing run probably one of the strongest runs by a mid-major program from 94 to 99 every single year if if you could walk into that locker room and just tell them one thing about preparing for an ncaa tournament what would it be
1: well it's uh, it's having uh confidence and poise which we had uh we went to four NCAAs and two NITs consecutively in those years, 94 to, to 99. Uh, and uh, the, the referees are going to let you play. In the NCAA tournament, it's much more physical, which I think bodes well for us. Uh, teams are huffing and puffing uh, in that second half against us. And we win games in the second half. We beat Towson in the semifinals of the CAA mm-hmm. and a little last 20 and also against uh, UNC Wilmington, we were down seven with about eight minutes to go, but found the energy, found the poise, you know, made the shots, had the stops when needed. So uh, uh, I just love watching the Cougars and uh, uh, the fans are uh, as good as you can get in Charleston. Uh, they love their teams. They respect their teams and our players this year and in the past always represent extremely well.
0: So in 1979, you're just a Brooklyn kid, right? You apply for this yep. job. Had you ever been to Charleston before applying for this job?
1: Uh, I had been to Charleston a few times. I'd been to Hilton Head. I kind of loved the coast. Uh, and, uh, you know, I was at St. John's. Uh, I was there uh, I was there as a player for four years. Yep. I assisted Coach Luke Honaseka for 11 years at, at St. John's. We went to the New York Nets. And coached in the ABA for three years, we had Rick Barry, who's one of the great players of all time. So we had uh, Billy the Whopper Paul. So I saw that. Health. We had John Roach, who was a great player for Frank McGuire at, at at South Carolina. Uh, so we really had. So this last year in '79, Dean, we get in the NCAA tournament. We were always the top fifteen team. We were really good back in the day, and uh, we go to the tournament. We beat Temple in the first round. We beat uh, 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 Duke uh, in, in, that, in, the, in that tournament, uh, and we eventually lose in the uh, in the Elite Eight, or we would have been to the Final Four with Magic Johnson in Michigan State and Larry Bird oh, in Indiana. Wow, wow. Yeah, Rutgers was also defeated by us in that NCAA tournament. And now I'm in Charleston. Uh, I go from Madison Square Garden. We, are, uh, we played our home games to the Stilcox Arena, or gymnasium,
0: <laughs> or whatever you want to call it. It was a gymnasium. And, it had a stage at oh, the end of it. Oh,
1: Madison Square Garden, Stilcox Gym, 2,000 uh, capacity, no air conditioning, tartan floor, no wood on the on the on the bottom. Uh, and we played, and I I had to I had to check if I could become a head coach and be successful. I was also a high school coach for one year, so 15 years as an assistant. I finally became a head coach, 36 years of age, came to Charleston, did not know much about the NAIA, which is where we played in those first years. And I found it was really good. Every team had some Division I players for sure. And then we built it up in 1983. We went to Kansas City. We had to play five games in five consecutive days to win the national title. And in the semifinals, we met Charminade from Hawaii, a team that year that beat Ralph Sampson and Virginia as the number one team in NCAA Division I basketball, we squeezed by Dean. 66, <laughs> 65, semifinals, got to the championship, West Virginia Wesleyan. We made a couple of foul shots. Stephen Yekman was the MVP of the tournament. John Brett made two foul shots. out center at the end, and we came home to Charleston with a national title. Then in 91, 92, we went to Division I, and uh, I said, wow, this might be pretty tough for us making that transition but we got the players you can always recruit great players at the college of charleston the city the campus the history the tradition it's all there dean and pat kelsey is making the most of it
0: who was the one guy who was the one recruit that made it all happen in the 90s if you wouldn't have gotten this recruit it doesn't it doesn't happen
1: well in the nai days uh um, Steven Yetman came with me from New York in 79 uh, and then we recruited Greg Mack who uh, played at Orangeburg yeah. Wilkinson in the state of South Carolina he was a tremendous 6-6 forward who could face the basket he could drive he could rebound he was uh, an All-American in the NAIA and then we went to division one uh, it was first Marion Busby and Thad Delaney uh, a guard and a center from yep. Oakland High School in Columbia. Then it was Anthony Johnson for sure, right here in home from Stoll High School. Uh, then it was Jody Lumpkin, who uh, it was from Columbia. He went to Rice University for one year. He was homesick, and his girlfriend was at the University of South Carolina. So uh, <laughs> they both came to the College of Chalks. They both came. Why not? What that is
0: so awesome. Those,
1: those were some of the the guys and and the lady Maggie Lovekin, who made it all happen.
0: Ever a time, how close? How close were you to ever leaving for a bigger job at the college?
1: Well, I left for six days. Uh, <laughs> <in> 19- <laughs> I took a plane ride. Davidson offered me the job, so I went there. Dean, six days it was a little stuffy for me. And I said, wow, okay, my heart is still in Charleston. So I was lucky to call the president and say, is the job still available? Is it still open? He says, yeah, John, you can come back. So I I went back, and uh, then I got offers uh, in the 90s from from Dayton, from uh, Tennessee, from South Carolina, and from St. John's University for the head coaching job. I turned them down because... I had seen the bright lights of Broadway, Madison Square Garden, St. John's, the Nets. And I said, I got to stay here. Quality of life for Sue, our boys, John and Ryan, were really important back then. So I stayed and I hope Pat Kelsey... Who just signed that uh, marvelous five-year contract? Hope he'll stay for a long, long time. Also,
0: so um, I don't know if you if you know this story, and, and I'll tell it briefly. Uh, in 1994, you guys get you know the at-large bid on that Sunday. I got married that Saturday to the lovely what? to the lovely Miss Caroline, who you know uh, would often refer to you as. Uh, as coach and 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 she was the favorite cheerleader right so we get married on saturday we get on a plane sunday and head over to switzerland right so we fly you know i don't know it's crazy number of hours i don't find out until wednesday when i'm in some small swiss village in the alps when i pick up a usa today that you guys had made the tournament right isn't that crazy? And Isn't
1: then, that something? Yeah.
0: And you didn't. Now, is it true? The basketball team didn't come to T Bones for that announcement, did they?
1: They did not come. Uh, it was actually Arizona's restaurant. We went to T Bones the next uh, time for the uh, selection Sunday. Gotcha. So we were at Arizona's I restaurant. I remember. Uh, on East Bay Street, and I said, you know, it was a long shot to get in. We were 24-3, and though, and we had nice wins against Charlotte. We beat Penn State. We beat Alabama, but I was still saying, you know, uh, you know, for six years, we were not invited to play in our conference tournament. The NCAA had a penance for teams going from NAIA to Division One that they couldn't be in that conference tournament for six years. So for the we won the regular season conference a number of times in the Trans-America Athletic Conference, and we could not play for our championship. So the only places we could go was an at-large bid, To the NCAA or an NIT. Well, we're at Arizona's, and I'm doing an interview, and all of a sudden, on the screen pops up (laughs) Wake Forest, and then College of Charleston to play at the Rupp Arena in in in, in Lexington, Kentucky. We went crazy, Dean. We celebrated, but we had to play the game, and they had a guy named Tim Duncan.
0: Yeah, I remember him.
1: Freshman. I think we all remember the guy who played wake and then went to the San Antonio Spurs and won multiple championships there. And, uh, we held our, it was a tie score with two minutes to go. They hit a th- one, one or two threes. I had gone into a zone to try to protect the paint and keep it away from Tim Duncan. And sure enough, the ball went in for wake, the Deacons beat the Cougars, but we were there. It was our opportunity to be on the national scene and, uh, Put the college on the map, I thought. That really helped.
0: I think it was Randolph Childress draining the three, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. He, he was the guard who was making those threes. Yeah. He was all, ace, all ACC for three years. Red, he does now TV work, actually, for college basketball, but he was a great player for Wake. Um, and then, uh, uh, you know, seventy and uh, 1997 uh, 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 yep. was uh, Maryland, and then we lost to Arizona. We had the last uh, shot. Down two points, and Jamel President missed a nice jumper, and they went on to win the national championship. Uh, that year, we were 29 and three, our three losses to the national champion, to the runner up for the national championship. We lost to Kentucky in the finals of the Great Alaska Shootout. They reached the NCAA championship, and we lost another game at Oklahoma State to the great Eddie Sutton in Stillwater. (laughs) But those were the only three losses, Dean. Finished the season number 16 nationally in the AP poll.
0: I mean, for people that don't remember, and I'm looking at it, and I looked it up this morning doing my homework a little bit, but you never lost a game by more than 10 points in postseason play, NCAA tournament and NIT And that, I mean, to me, that's amazing. You talk about mid-major competing at that level, never losing by more than 10 points. And I think that, you know, when I was thinking about it, when I was driving over this morning to interview you, you know, my question was, one of my questions, I was like, I got to ask him, is like, what is it that you missed the most? You know, and maybe that varies from when you first walked away from what it is today.
1: Yeah, I missed the players, number one, uh, cause I loved coaching them. I, I love the practices more than the games. Uh, you know, I could teach out there. Uh, we could, uh, have a little less pressure than when it's game time. And, uh, so I love that. The second thing I loved the most was the, the fans. Uh, I really, uh, always was willing to to buy a cup of coffee on campus to anyone who'd want to talk some basketball. So I would go out there and walk up and down George street to our cafeteria, hoping I'd meet some people so I could sell the program. We went to all the sororities and fraternities before the season to talk to them about supporting us. So fans, including the students were very, very important. Uh, uh, And then, uh, you know, family was very important. Uh, I love my wife, Sue Summercrest, and our sons, Ryan and John. And that has been a lot of fun over the years. Believe it or not, I'm going to turn 80 years of age <laughs> next month. I can't believe how it flies by, Dean. I went from 50 to 60 before you knew it, 60 to 70. Oh, I'm at 70. And now I'm going for that big number, 80. Uh, I've been very fortunate to uh, be a coach. It was never a job. 38 years, it was just having a good time, uh, teaching, and uh, looking forward to the next day, the next practice, the next game.
0: Biggest influence in your life, biggest mentor coach, in your life?
1: Oh, yeah, Coach Lou Karnaseka. You know, he he gave me the job. I was 22 years of age. He first got me a high school job. He was uh, the head coach of St. John's, of course.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then he, he offers me the job, uh, and uh, – He gives me a shot to coach the freshman team. Uh, I had some fun. Our first game, the freshman varsity game uh, in 1995, uh, we defeated the varsity. So (laughs) he he was a little – wasn't happy with me at that time, but we won. But I love being with him. He was a teacher. He's 98 years of age now, Dean. I still talk to him every month on the phone. He still has his wits about him. He's sharp. And uh, they called him Louie. Nasmith Hall of Fame uh, arena, the Connosecker arena, when they don't play at Madison Square Garden, they play at his arena in Jamaica, Queens. And uh, he is fantastic and still going. Would it be anything like I am not without the great coach, Lou Connosecker?
0: I think it's so important when you talk about mentorship, especially in this day and age, and the importance of having you know, an adult in your life, aside from your parents, you know who were able to show you the way, show you a path to to just believe in you, to love you, to support you, right? Just to put exactly. put their arms around you.
1: Exactly, uh, that is uh, so important. Uh, uh, my head coach at St. John's, Luke Conesecco, was actually the assistant when I played, and the coach's name was Joe Lapchick. He was an original Celtic. He uh, was six foot six in the 1920s and 30s he toured the uh, country with the uh, the Celtics before there was an NBA then he was the head coach the New York with the New York Knicks twice then he was also the coach of St. John's twice and so i had a chance to play for uh, a great great coach uh, well known uh, back in the uh, 90s uh, coach Joe Lapchick so uh, coach Connor and coach Lapchick and my parents those were the people who really uh, uh, gave me the chance and showed me the way
0: all right last couple questions i'll let you go you've been very kind with your time um you've got two young grandsons was it more difficult to keep them in line or like the old cougars in line oh uh they're <laughs> in my house now at kiwa uh
1: it's uh <laughs> miles miles is two and a half and austin is eight months two little guys. Then I have two in New York also. John, my other son, is uh, with Laurie, his wife, and with Camille, five... And uh, Leo 3, they live in Dumbo, Brooklyn, right there underneath the Manhattan and the Brooklyn Bridges. So we get a chance to go to New York, go back to where I was raised. I was born in Brooklyn, in Bushwick, Brooklyn, grew up in Queens. Uh, So, uh, yeah, I've got uh, two sons, two great uh, 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 ladies as their wives, and four fantastic uh, grandchildren. A lot of funding, but, boy, they keep you going. You have to— Keep sprinting and uh, and uh, it's baseline I, I never, to baseline, isn't it? Baseline, but never get any sleep.
0: Well, you know, um, you recall things, uh, you you remember games, uh, you know the points. Um, my last question: Have you ever ever forgotten, like an anniversary or or your wife's birthday?
1: Uh, I, I, I remember the games a little more. Than those other oh my goodness. Uh, you know, once a coach, you're always a coach, but, uh, yeah, I always, I try to keep it all in perspective, uh, uh Dean. And, uh, you know, I'd be in Orlando, Florida Thursday, but I'm at Kiowa with the kids and the family comes first, but, uh, uh so excited about, uh, uh, the team going to the NCAA tournament, our, our sixth time, uh, Earl Grant got us there in 2018, and I went with the team, went to San Diego, we almost beat Auburn, you know, just, we were up two or three minutes to go, we just couldn't finish that thing, but uh, it's uh, it, it's great to watch the game, at 310, the family and I will be watching the Cougars, and hopefully we, we defeat uh, San Diego State in this big, big game.
0: Well, I thank you for your time today, and I'm going to thank you for this as well. I showed up in this town in 1990. I didn't know a soul. I didn't know one person. And um, to be able to be around you and your program and your players, and to this day, I am still friendly with many of them, right, which is such a great blessing uh, yeah. and a privilege. But again, to be around your wife, uh, and I remember when the, the boys were so itty-bitty, but you know, thank you for for wrapping your arms around me, you know, because again, it was, uh, you know, going to practices and games was a safe place, man. It was, you know, it was like family. And I really, really appreciate that.
1: Yeah. We spent a lot of quality time together, Dean, uh, with you and your family. And, uh, it's always an honor to, uh, to speak with you and, uh, thank you very much for having me on your podcast. I know it's a huge success and you keep it going and, uh, good luck with-
0: so great appreciation for Coach Kress, uh for sure. Um, and, again, my love for basketball goes back, gosh, to a guy named Jerry Ewing, uh, who was my y, YMCA basketball coach. And then when I was uh, 15 years old, I went to a John Wooden basketball camp. Got to watch the Wizard of Westwood work. Uh, did his camp for a week. Um, I wasn't worth a crap. I think I, I think I was allowed to try out in high school, but that was about as far as it went. Um, and then you know to be around Coach Cress, and then you know watch my boys play, and um, just been a great, been a great journey uh, with the basketball. So, if you're a basketball fan, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you are not a basketball fan, uh, I will tell you he's just um, one of the most unique individuals uh, you'll ever ever have a chance to listen to or come into contact with. So anyway, um, with that being said, another great, uh, another great interview. Um, and uh, again, a privilege and a pleasure to work out of Ripple. Uh, it is uh, the vision of Jerry Shear, local businessman and uh, entrepreneur here in the Charleston area, to be able to give nonprofits a space to work. And if you know anybody who may need a space to work in the nonprofit world, have them give me a shout. I'm easy to find ripple.deanstevens at gmail.com. That's ripple.deanstevens with a PH at gmail.com. Thanks again for joining us everybody. This is Say Your Story. I'm Dean Stevens. May your day be filled with peace. May your night be filled with quiet. And may you pick every game right in your bracket. Cuz I'm finding my way back to heavy.